Welcome to the Teachers on Fire podcast, where 21st century educators come to share, learn, and be inspired. We believe in the growth mindset, creativity, communication, critical thinking, collaboration, and strategic uses of education technology. Our mission is to share news and views from teachers who are crushing it in the classroom and making a difference for learners everywhere. I'm your host, Tim Cavey. Let's jump into today's episode. Today I'm speaking with Sarah Johnson. Sarah is a speaker and consultant in the areas of instructional leadership and personal professional balance. With experience as an English teacher and principal, she likes to laugh, sing, and makes a habit of running every day. She is a co-author of Balance Like a Pirate, Going Beyond Work-Life Balance to Ignite Passion and Thrive as an Educator, one of the latest titles from the Pirate Series for Educators from Dave Burgess Consulting. Her mission is to help educators thrive at work, home, and life. And don't we all need that? (laughs) Sarah, I'm so thrilled to have you on the show today. Are you ready to talk education? I am always ready to over-talk education, Tim. Let's do this. Love it. (laughs) Why don't you start by telling us about your current context? All right. So I live in northwestern Wisconsin in a tiny town, which has a population of about 1,300. For those of you that are familiar with Wisconsin geography, we're nestled between Duluth, Minnesota, where we can enjoy Lake Superior and often do in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, which is where I met my husband. Um, I recently took a leap of faith and completed an administrative contract June 30th of this year. So as of July 1st, I am self-employed, working on a passion project. Yes. Uh, you know, and I'm focusing on what I do believe is a calling to spread the message of seeking balance to help stem burnout in education. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do that through consulting and speaking. And it it truly, you know, my desire and what I've really kind of been striving for in the last couple of years, my own professional and personal life is just to really live a full life and to lead others to that as well. Mm -hmm. I've really enjoyed 14 years in public education and I'm looking forward to this new chapter. It's going to involve writing and spreading the message of hope with a sustainable lifestyle, because I really want to build a community of support for educators to be the best for our students because they so deserve it. That is so exciting and love that message. I think it's more, it's at least as timely, if not more timely now than ever with all of the digital distractions we have in our lives and all the competing responsibilities. So look forward to digging into that. Now, you've recently published this book, as I mentioned, Balance Like a Pirate. I see Dave Burgess tweeting about it today, so it's still very recent. (laughs) Tell us about the heart of the book. Why did you write it? And what are the main messages that we can expect to find in the book? All right. So, you know, this book is truly, you know, it was actually a kind of the impetus was a a major wake up call in my own life. Um, I'm so fortunate to be connected with my two co-authors, Jessica Johnson and Jessica Cabine. And while you mentioned that the timing of this is more important than ever because of the connections, I've also found that um, while social media and technology can be great, uh, can also be distracting. But in this case, it was a lifesaver for me. Um, mm. In the, like the year 2014 to approximately 16, I would say that I was a version of me that I never want to meet again um, mm. because I was suffering from what I hope our message will help others with either to um, avoid or pull themselves out of a complete lack of balance. I was in my third year um, of principalship. I had moved to another district 
And the complete lack of balance that I found myself in was, I think it was what I would call debilitating. Hmm. Um, Probably just more on the inside than what people saw on the outside. But uh, there was a lot, there's a chapter of some pretty significant suffering. So, you know, persevering through that really is what inspired my, um, the gift that I believe this message is in the balance, like a pirate, I've come out transformed. Um, I believe that my message and my contributions to the message, along with what, uh, Jessica Johnson and Jessica Kabian bring can impact people's lives. And I'm, I'm just really thankful of it. So basically it was just an opportunity to cathartically write through and transform myself through the authorship of this message. And what it comes down to is that the book basically is about helping educators be intentional about mm-hmm. seeking balance. And we have kind of a, a unique um, vision of what balance looks like. You know, a lot of people think it's 50-50 or it's work life, but we introduce in this book what we believe is really an important um, concept, which is the balance quadrants. And so we look at mm-hmm. um, life in four areas, our personal, professional, positional, and the passions that, that make us who we are. And we really um, kind of we have a message of, of hope and um, encourage the readers to consider where they're at and consider how they can kind of reclaim their purpose and prioritize and be intentionally focused to seek the balance in those areas so that they can, you know, kind of burn with those flames of passion again mm. um, and hopefully result in the same way that I find myself in right now. So. Well, I'm sold. I can't wait to dig into the book and I love I love everything you're sort of setting up there. And yeah, I mean, if we haven't been there ourselves, we know someone who has, who's sort of stuck in that survival mode. They're just hanging on and the passion isn't really burning. And so, yeah, helping teachers get back to a place where they're on fire and uh, passionate about what they're doing is so important. Tell us about a low moment, Sarah, that you faced in your teaching or education career and how you overcame it. <laughs> well, Tim, I uh, for those listeners that, that kind of know me well, they're going to be able to visualize a little bit more about this. But I'll um, to provide a little bit of context, it, it was, again, in that, that first year of my principalship in the district that I just completed. So I just completed six years of building administration, and this was right smack dab in the middle. And there are many factors that kind of led to this scenario, but the, the, the low moment that kind of stuck in my mind was when um, in June of that year, we had experienced a student walkout as well as a community protest. And in our small community, this was a this was a pretty large deal. And in fact, in the state of Wisconsin, a lot of people started to know the district that I, that I worked for. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a space that people wouldn't really know about, but I just remember, um, I'll never forget being out in the parking lot and just really kind of bravely trying to keep the calm environment. And a community member who I had never met ever yelled across at me, you know, you suck. And oh. <laughs> it was like slow oh. motion. My eyes met a student who was just walking in, you know, just walking in to learn for the day, trying to complete a school year. And he gave me this look of sympathy and, and our eyes met and he just kept walking. And, and for some reason, it just stuck me right in the gut because it was like a moment of being publicly shamed and, and blamed for, um, you know, middle management is tough as a building leader and as doing my job, but kind of being caught in the middle of some things that were a little bit out of my control. Um, but I did come back from that. And, you know, one of the ways that I did that was very privately and humbly forgiving the woman who, hmm. who said that to me because she called me on the phone later and felt bad about it. Now it was a public shaming and a private apology, but I, I forgive her and that really helped. Hmm. Um, but I did spend the next three years spending, um, you know, a lot of intentionally focused 
light for that learning community as much as I possibly could whenever I could and, and really as vulnerably as I could. And incidentally, I just didn't give up. I tried to be the best version of the leader that they needed me to be during that chapter. And I, I know that it worked after complaining that, um, you know, I did, I think I left the school in a much better space culturally. And I did uh, lead through a lot of challenge um, with grace and truth on my way out. And uh, I just simply did my best to show up every day and love people and was able to overcome those things. Now, it's just one example of, you know, probably the, the myriad during that time period. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was definitely one that just kind of stuck out. As a moment of your thinking, like, what am I doing this for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why am I here taking this? Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, I love that. And I, I think one thing to take from that is sometimes, I mean, we're not in the political space, but it, it's similar in a sense, I guess, when you're when you're a principal, when you're in those public spaces of responsibility that you can take people's anger and sometimes it's not personal but it can feel personal and yeah kudos to you for just continuing to show up as you said and and be present and uh, try to bring positive energy to the culture there that's a whole other podcast absolutely absolutely. (laughs) sarah you're you've been in that principal position even though you're not in the classroom today you're still your head is in the education space so what is it that excites you about education today you know, Tim, I I really do have mixed feelings about technology. I mean, coming off of being a high school principal mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of dealing with the education around that and just the day-to-day grind of getting students to try to be um, strong digital mm-hmm. citizens and just seeing how that really kind of... Um, there's a lot of a lot of uh, mental health challenges that come from a lot of the insecurities that are associated with social media and all of the other things that are kind of the underbelly. But I also am really um, passionate about the opportunities that that are present for both staff and students to engage with authentic collaboration and creation. Because I just think, you know, consider our conversation today. Right. The ease with technology has a potential. It just has the potential to connect people that who may otherwise never know that they have common ground. And it's just mm-hmm. so powerful. Um, you know, I co-authored a book with two people that I literally met on the Internet. <laughs> They've become two of my best friends. That's amazing. Um, and so, yeah. Exactly. You know, we literally wrote this book over Google Docs and uh, a lot of time spent in Voxer, you know, just voice messaging each other and creating experiences that are really, I think, a message that are going to have an impact to help educators, you know, grow and be better together. And I just see how that has such a widespread potential Mm -hmm. for the classrooms Mm -hmm. um, and for teachers alike. Yeah, absolutely. hundred uh, percent in agreement. And I think, you know, speaking back to the student side of technology, I think it's really important to model that digital citizenship for our students and show them, hey, here's how I'm using technology to actually learn from other people around the world. And I, I think that's an important piece. Well, and I'm happy to say that uh, for your listeners, if you haven't uh, checked out Tim and looked at his own social media and the things that he's doing, clearly you're living that message. So good for oh. you and keep it up. Thank you so much, Sarah. I really appreciate that. Moving outside of education, the personal space, or I don't know, it'll be interesting to see if you sort of make that distinction in your book. Maybe I'm putting that incorrectly, but outside of the education space, what's another area of passion and learning for you? And, you know, when you mentioned kind of the message of this book, I just want to step back there for one second. You know, I don't, sometimes I think the the issue isn't so much of losing our passion with education, because I think so many of us um, went into education with a burning passion and a purpose. Mm -hmm. And I don't always know if that dims so much as when we burn ourselves so hard in that space, we lose our, our passions elsewhere. Right. 
you know, we may lose it with our families. That's certainly what happened to me as I started thinking that maybe my job was more important and the people at school needed me more than my family did. What also happened in that space is for a good decade, I wasn't using my passions for musical, you know, performance or writing. Goodness, I don't remember picking up a book for pleasure um, for a stretch of an embarrassingly long time. So, um, you know, for me, I'm going to skip right to two things for me, passion and learning is uh, two very personal things this year. My my one word is rise. And that is a very important spiritual space for me. And it's a beautiful season where I'm just sitting there learning about how I can live the most purpose-driven life possible. And through that listening, journaling every day, um, and just really soaking in the message that I have with the spiritual connection. Um, so that is one. And then the other one is that I am incredibly passionate about suicide prevention and mental health awareness. And that is deeply personal. Um, I've experienced two significant losses due to completion of suicides, and that includes my brother. Um, So I'm trained as a mental health first aid responder, a youth mental health first aid and uh, QPR, which is question, predict and refer. And I did bring this training to my staff in this last year. And in this next year, I am looking to uh, volunteer and advocate for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Very passionate about this uh, concept and trauma-informed practices for educators in Mm. addition to that. Next, Sarah, share about a personal habit that contributes to your success. This might be something you do on a daily basis or a weekly basis. Let's hear your secret sauce. (laughs) I love this one because when I talk about that space of being so unbalanced, it was approximately four years ago. And I don't, it wasn't out of luck, really. It was um, not intentional, but I started a daily running habit and I am on a streak. Mm. Um, July 11th, 2014 was the first day of that. So that means, you know, just about four years every day. And that, and if you know, Wisconsin, you're talking like negative, you know, 35, even I've run into negative 50 wind chills. (laughs) (laughs) You just get the right gear and it feels as if you're in a sauna truly. Um, but I, I, (laughs) it's, it's either been one mile or, or 26.2. Truly. I've, um, found that this daily habit really contributes to my success because most importantly it's self-care and which we tend to think of, of self-care as selfish, but you know, if it really isn't, um, you know, one of the favorite mantras from our book is that self-care is not selfish. In fact, being healthy Mm -hmm. allows us to be more selfless. Um, and prior to this streak, I had no space for myself. I just lost sight of who Sarah was. And I was getting wrapped in, up in all my other titles, mom, teacher, principal, wife, daughter, sister, friend, et cetera. So this daily running streak untethers me from the pressures that await in those titles. And it just allows me to grow spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically. I can't tell you the battles that I've won out on the pavement over the years. <laughs> and I attribute it to that daily personal habit. Um, absolutely. And over the course of the four years, you know, I'm really internally competitive, but I've shattered a lot of records. You know, I've placed in races. I've run two half or two full marathons, two half marathons. I've run now. I run without earbuds. I mean, I just speak to my heavenly Father out there, and I, I wouldn't trade it. So it doesn't have to be running, um, but I think certainly something to do with exercise and self care is incredibly important um, for everybody. Well, that is very convicting. I started a running journal this year, and I'm sad to say I don't think I've made an entry in over a month. So thanks. Uh, well, you're going to have to be, we'll be accountability partners now, Tim. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. 
We're moving into some rapid fire recommendations, Sarah. So let's start at Twitter. Tell us about a leader that we need to be following there and explain why. Well, I just, you know, have like a ton that I would recommend, but I'm going to focus in on um, Bethany Hill because Mm -hmm. she's the founder of the hashtag joyful leaders. And she literally inspires me on the daily to just be better. She's real. She's faithful. She finds joy in the the spaces that will sustain her joy. And she is, I just love what she stands for. Uh, The cool thing is I've been a fan of her for the longest time watching her hashtag kind of collide with celebrate Monday. And um, I'm just excited that I'm just grateful for her. She's morphing into a friend. And I think that she would um, really bring a lot of inspiration to you if you follow her. So check her out, Bethany Hill on Twitter. And watch out for that hashtag joyful leaders, which I see a lot in my feed as well. Cool. Yes. Next, point us to an ed tech tool. Now, you're not in the classroom space, Sarah, but is there a tool that you really lean on to help you be productive or clarify your thinking? It makes me feel like a, a dinosaur, Tim, but I'm still I'm stuck in the Google world. Um, I sure. really love it. I Like I said, um, Google Docs has been huge for collaboration, and I do adore Google Hangouts with friends and colleagues across the nation. So I figure stick with what you know. Um, while you're learning other things, but that one is typically my go-to still. No, I, I'm with you. And I still think, I mean, you're right. Google Docs has been around for the better part of a decade, but I, I still think it's underrated by so many educators. So appreciate that vote for sure. Next. Now, I, I normally ask for a book recommendation. We've, we've talked about uh, your new book, but is there another book that you've been reading lately or one of your all-time faves that you could recommend for us? Yeah, I said this as a former English teacher. I don't feel like this is a fair question. It's like asking you what your favorite <laughs> song is, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I think too, I, I decided to stray from the education world um, and just kind of give a recommendation for "When Breath Becomes Air" by Paul Kalanithi. And that one came out, I want to say, a couple of years ago. Um, I've I actually listened to it on Audible when I was running, and it really has been kind of a life changer for me in this season. And it's a, a memoir of a man who is facing his own impending death while his star was just rising mm. in his at, at his profession. And there's just so many gems um, that are plentiful in there with reflection and universal truths that I think people would really value hearing. So check that one out when breath becomes air. And I also will sneak in another one um, because if you haven't checked out Brené Brown, get on it. Just anything. Her work will speak to you in a way that transcends gender, generation, station or life phase. You know, she teaches us to be vulnerable, authentic, brave, resilient, and to rise. So check her out. She's great. She is great. I'm hearing her name more and more. And I do think she's got a podcast, which I have not heard yet. But that leads me to my next question, Sarah. If you're a podcast listener, tell us about one that's in your queue that we need to be checking out as well. Yeah, so I've actually heard her on this one. But for the Love podcast, again, it's a little outside of education. But it's Jen Hatmaker. She's, again, another one. She's just funny. Um, She amplifies. She's honest. She's real. She's inspiring. She's a faithful person. Um, and she just really, uh, she keeps it real and I, she makes me laugh hard. So I find myself nodding and yelling out affirmations <laughs> to her statements and, uh, she's one that never has disappointed. So check her out for the love podcast, Jen Hatmaker. All right. I will do that. And I'm always adding and subtracting from my podcast list, but <laughs> definitely look forward to hearing for the love. Sarah, this has been fantastic. Uh, You bring so much energy and joy and passion for helping other educators. And I think your message is so, as I said at the beginning, it's so critically important today. What's the best way for people to follow you and get to know your content a little bit better? 
Well, truly, it's just beginning. So I would hope that, you know, anybody who's interested would just reach directly out to me. Um, But you can find me on Twitter at Sarah with an H, S.A. Johnson. I also am engaged with our at Balance Lap. It's Balance L.A.P. Um, I'm on Instagram and Voxer in the same, Sarah S.A. Johnson. And then I do have a website. I'm growing up in the world here. So Mm -hmm. it's SarahSAJohnson.com. There is a link to my blog on that site. And then, um, of course, the book literally just got published this very day while we're talking to him, The Balance Like a Pirate, Going Beyond Work-Life Balance to Ignite Passion and Thrive as an Educator. You could find us on the hashtag Balance Lap. All right. Well, Sarah, thank you so much on your published day for joining me and sharing your ideas with the listeners. It's been so much fun, so good. And yes, make sure you get out there and get a copy of Balance Like a Pirate. I know for me, it'll be downloaded to my Kindle very soon. So look forward to digging into that. Sarah, thank you so much and have a wonderful summer. Thanks a lot, Tim. You take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Teachers on Fire, where teachers come to share, learn, and be inspired. Please subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review on iTunes, and follow us on Twitter at Teachers on Fire. I'm your host, Tim Cavey, saying goodbye for now, and we'll catch you next time right here on the Teachers on Fire podcast.